We got to change that because if we don't actually make an impact to those fundamental numbers, what it costs to hire someone, the time it takes to hire someone, we are not going to make a significant impact to these job numbers. That's it. It's just really that simple. Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby. My special guest today is Evan Sohn. Evan is the chairman and CEO of Recruiter.com, which is a hiring platform for the world's largest network of recruiters. They empower businesses to recruit specialized talent faster with virtual teams of recruiters and AI job matching and video technology. Evan is an experienced entrepreneur and he's an executive or advisor to multiple companies, typically disruptive technologies and industries such as online marketplaces, payments, instant messaging, data security, and mobile computing. Evan, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. All right. Awesome. I, thanks for that nice introduction, by the way. You know, <laughs> you say the word mobile, so you got a nice little background there. It's nice. <laughs> I have a uh, a hybrid accent. I'm from Canada, but I live yeah, in the UK. I know, I know where you're from. I could tell by the word mobile where you're from. So, uh, yeah. So I might say things a little different to you, but that's all right. <laughs> that's so, great. Um, Listen, what uh, you you and I exchanged messages before this, and and you highlighted the need to for the recruiting industry to change in a post COVID nineteen world. Could you talk a little about that? What did you mean by that statement? Yeah, you know. So look, my heart goes out, and again, you know, we have this opportunity as an industry uh, to really make a difference at a really critical time. Uh, in our country and really around the world. You know, I, I gave someone an example. You know, if, if everyone, if, uh, you know, 10 million people had to move out of their homes because of COVID, right? And all of a sudden now the government said, we, we got to get these people back into homes. And the homes ranged from mansions to, uh, to condos, to low-income housing, to apartments and regular homes, two-story homes. The, the, the government would call out the National Guard of Real Estate, realtors, and say, hey, you, we need you guys to help get everyone, get everyone to find a home really quickly. That's the challenge that we have today. And um, we got to figure that out. You know, when everyone saw the numbers last month and everyone was a little depressed, and actually our recruiter index, we could talk about that a little later, actually was more optimistic than the actual numbers. And they just revised January's numbers from 49,000 to 166,000. So we were more accurate, our index. There were over 5 million people hired last month, right? So, you know, when we we look at the job numbers, we're looking at net new, right? So even the report just came out this morning. So it's, you know, 300 plus thousand new jobs added, but that means that there were 5.3 million job people hired, something like that, something in that five plus range. So what's really incredible is how do we get, you know, there, if there are millions of people out of work and we're only adding 300,000 jobs, it's just a certain amount that we can do, right? We don't have the bandwidth to hire 9 million people in a month. Mm-hmm. So how do we fix that? And I'll give you some crazy stats. Uh, mm, I'm not inventing it. these, right? Uh, it, the average hire takes 42 days. 250 resumes and over $4,000 per hire. That's not to pay the person. That's like to hire the person. So the question then, Mark, is, you know, we're all, all this argument about minimum wage, et cetera. Imagine if we could reduce that cost from $4,000 to $3,000. Like 
Why, why are we not talking about that? Why are we not talking about how to get the 42-day hire down to 30 days? And I think there's an opportunity in technology to really, really make that happen. And we're excited at Recruiter.com to be part of that process. Hey, fantastic. So the stats you mentioned in the beginning, so 5 million people hired last month and, and 300,000 jobs added. Where, where are those stats from? Yeah, so that's the uh, that's actually the labor report came out this morning. Um, okay, about the three hundred plus thousand jobs that were added, and I don't know I don't know how many new jo- how many actual jobs were hired. Uh, I'm giving you the from two months ago. It was you know five million, and and again I'll give okay. you another number. I'll give you another number yes. that's pretty incredible. So there's 150 million people employed in the U.S. Something around that number, right? And forget gigs and forget all that other stuff, right? 150 something million employed voluntary turnover, right, at is between 22 and 27%. That's voluntary turnover. So if the world was perfect, there are people looking for jobs every day. Yeah. There are people, there's, that's millions of people who are moving careers, finding something new to do. So there's a lot of activity. Uh, in fact, um, they said millennials now, 20% of millennials are leaving within the first year of their job, like to go something, a new career. You know, the day and age of our parents or grandparents where, you know, you had that one job at IBM for your whole life, you know, that's, that's finished. In fact, right. Mark, I would say if you saw someone's resume and they were at the same job for 15 years, you would probably ding them over someone who was at four exciting opportunities over the last 15 years. You're like, wow, look what you've done in your career. Yet, you know, when I was coming out of college, oh no, you got it. You, you want to have that longevity. You want to show that, et cetera. So things are changing. And let's not forget the gig economy. Another good number for you. 35% of all adults in the US have a, a side gig. Pretty crazy. Really? That's it's a 35%? crazy number. Wow. So there's That's this whole- yeah, the crazy, crazy numbers. So you got a lot of mobility, a lot of things moving around. Um, the whole world is now working remotely. By the way, another statistic that came out of our recruiter index, the priority of remote work for candidates over compensation. Like never in a wildest dream would someone be able to offer you less money but let you work remotely. And that's happening today. You're seeing that happen today. Yes. So I'd like to know more about your recruiter index in a second, but just to give some context here, I guess there's two dimensions that I'd like to explore with you, Evan. One, of course, is the recruiting industry, which, you know, based uh, on the huge network of recruiters that, you know, recruiter.com represents, you have some authority to speak on there. And but number two is also the entrepreneurial side because you're an entrepreneur and many of my audience are, are business owners. So I think that's a potential interesting um, area to explore as well. Um, what, you've, you, you've described this recruiter index a couple of times. Could you elaborate on what that is? Yeah, sure. So first, let's just, you know, when it comes to your audience, I am probably the least experienced recruiter with your audience. So, okay. I'm, I'm, right. So I joined recruiter.com uh, first as a strategic advisor uh, a little over two years ago. I became chairman of the board uh, April of 2019. I became executive chairman and then CEO this past June. So I, I'm usually the least qualified recruiter. I'm a technology guy. Uh, you sort of talked about that in your in your introduction. I, I've been involved. Uh, I've had uh, the blessings uh, and uh, and the the luck uh, to be involved with some really exciting companies in different industries. Started my first one 
right out of NYU uh, uh, Business School in uh, in mobile computing. Um, grew that over a period of a decade, got purchased by Dun & Bradstreet, and have been involved cool. in a number of other industries and companies. But I really like you know, looking at how do you leverage a network, how you leverage technology to really mm-hmm. disrupt an industry. And disruption really means that there's already spend going on in that space, and you're going to shift mm-hmm. that spend. So mm-hmm. uh, I was with a, a payment company called Point, P-O-I-N-T, and they made a smart terminal. That company got bought by GoDaddy. But, you know, people, they didn't invent the terminal space. We disrupted it by creating a smart terminal. So we shifted the spend over to that. And I give that as an example, because what our goal is as a company is to aggregate together the thousands and thousands of small and independent recruiters and those that want to be recruiters. We have a training program with a partnership teaching people how to be recruiters, gig, uh, folks that want a recruiting gig. And we're creating opportunities to help those recruiters make money uh, by giving them uh, great clients to work with, great opportunities, as well as a tech stack. We have an AI tech stack, a video stack. We have a curated talent pool, all these other things to really help them do their jobs you know, better, stronger, faster. So if our mandate is, you said at the beginning, recruit talent faster, I'd probably say recruit talent faster and better. But there's always a human side to it. You know, we're not we are recruiter.com. We're not no recruiter.com. We are recruiter.com. And we really believe wholeheartedly that at the end of the recruiting process, there is a human element. You know, companies are coming to us because they want a recruiter to help them. They want someone to help them fill those seats. So once the pandemic, that a little, little long winded there, you know, but uh, <laughs> I hope that gave a little background. Yeah, yeah. So wait, hold on a second. Um, so let's talk about the recruiter index. So the pandemic yeah. started. And there's a big shutdown. And we said, all right, you know, let's actually view the recruiters that we have. And by the way, we have like almost 28,000 recruiters on our platform. We have a community of over 800,000 recruiters and HR professionals. So it's, it's a very large platform. We have over 3 million social media touch points, 48,000 Twitter followers. You know, it's a, it's a pretty big, let's call it a destination site for all things recruiting. And so I said uh, to the team, you know, who better than recruiters to know what's actually going on looking forward in the job market? And that was really the theory. And I said, they're, they could be like the traffic, uh, air traffic controllers, right? You know, if you want to know what's going on, look at the air traffic controllers. They'll tell you what's actually flying around. So we launched this recruiter index, uh, which is a survey, very simple, under two-minute survey, capture some data on their feeling regarding their workloads, the uh, the industries that they're seeing growth in, their work, uh, their the number of jobs they're working on, um, the difference between this year and last year, their overall sentiment. And uh, we took those results, I published them, and uh, I called up some, uh, uh, I presented it to the folks over at CNBC. And I've been on there every month right before the jobs report and giving the sentiment of the recruiters. Um, and we've had some really, really interesting calls uh, in terms of like in November, we, uh, even earlier, we actually had some really good calls. Everyone else was down and we were up. And what do you know? We were up, uh, in November, we made a call that we saw a spike in transportation jobs. And what do you know? The number was up and there was like 144,000 in transportation, you know, something or 44,000, whatever the number was, we were, we were, we were dead on accurate. Um, and even this time, so the report came out this morning and yesterday I was on CNBC and I was talking about more optimism. 
uh, workloads are the same, but they're getting interesting. We're seeing skilled labor. So various data elements that we're sharing. And uh, it's been great. So the recruiter index, like early, early on, pointed even our own company into healthcare and uh, and the mortgage space. And the mortgage space in the recruiting industry has just taken off. And we've signed some really good clients in it. Um, why? Because all of a sudden now, if rates are so low and people are moving out of the cities, mortgage rates are going to go up. And healthcare Obviously, a lot of issues, you know, in terms of staffing up healthcare. And we've been really doing really well in those spaces. And so we, we use the index ourselves and it's really helped us move things out accordingly. Wow. That's cool. Uh, I, I'd like to, I'd love to see. Is there any, do you publish this publicly sure. or is yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's public. Um, we're actually, uh, putting up a landing page, uh, uh-huh. you know, a, a site, um, Regarding just regarding the recruiter index, uh, it's not up yet, uh, but I'll get you that information. So, but okay. I'll send. I'm All more right. than happy to send it over to you. I don't. I don't hide it. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, uh, that sounds awesome. So, <clears throat> circling back to the original question, which was like you talked about a need for dramatic change in the recruiting industry in a post COVID nineteen world. What um, What do you see as being the the shift that we need to make? Sure. So let's look at the the recruiting continuum, right? Mm-hmm. The recruiting continuum is a publish a job, right? Or let's call it post a job, uh, collect resumes, review resumes, phone screen, interview, hire, right? Th- that's okay. the continuum, right? So let's look at what technology's done. My wife got her job through the New York Times classified. So she might be the last person in your audience to have ever done that. Um, and, and uh, you know, and really like classified ads. So the, the, the good old days of classified ads have been replaced with Indeed and ZipRecruiter. By the way, a decade ago, it was Monster.com, Hot yeah. Jobs, The Ladders, right? But we're posting a job on a job board. Okay, that's what's happened there, right? That's the digitization of the job board, uh, the niche boards, et cetera. And some other time we'll talk about that. I actually think niche job boards are going to come back. Is that right? Wow. I think I I actually, I predict that Uh, they will. And, and we'll talk about that some other time. Um, so submit, submit resumes. Okay. So that's been automated with some bots that'll go out and, uh, find people on a proactive and reactive basis. Um, review the resumes. Okay. We all have AI that'll help us review the resumes and resume parsing and only show me the candidates that meet these certain qualifications. Uh, and then, Hey, maybe I'm doing testing, uh, to make sure that they have them. Then I'm going to do a phone screen. Okay. So we have phone screen and now we're doing video screening, spark hire, hire view. We do it phone screen, you know, video screening, et cetera. And then interview, which is now online, right? Zoom, Teams, et cetera, interview. And now even the hiring process is being automated through things like DocuSign. So instead of spending days filling out paperwork, we're moving things around there. But essentially that process hasn't changed at all, right? That has been the continuum, right? So that whole step. But if you look at things like Tinder and Match.com, right, the Tinderization of the economy says, you know, if you were looking for a stand-up comic to host uh, an event, you wouldn't read their resume. No one would say, oh, here are resumes of 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 comics. You would say, send me clips of the comics. Mm-hmm. I'll see the clip that I want. And by the way, you're only going to, the person's only going to send you the clip. You're only going to want to see the clips of the people who are available, who meet your price range, right? Who are the comic, uh, the comic genre that you're interested in, 
right? So there is a filtering before you get there. You're going to see videos and you're going to select the three you like. And what do you know? Then you're going to look at their resume and go, oh, this guy performed on, uh, at the, on the Tonight Show. That's fantastic. By the way, dating, the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Show me the people that live near me, that the age group, the age bracket, but don't tell me that they love tennis, right? I don't want to read about that they love tennis. Show me their video. Show me their picture. If I like them and they like me, now I'll go learn about them. But yet in recruiting, we're doing the opposite. We're still doing the old-fashioned way. Here's a piece of paper. Let's review them. And once I figure out the short list of people that I like, now I'll go meet them. And Hmm. I actually think that video first is going to really transform this whole industry. And so I'm going to post up a job. Uh, I'm going to look at videos and there's going to be this transaction very much like the tenderization of recruiting. And I'm going to look at a resume. I'm going to look at a video of a, of a candidate. Uh, if I'm interested in them, they're going to, uh, I'll swipe left. They'll get a notification that there's a job. Do they want me to see it? No. Yes. If they are interested, fantastic. And we'll move on from there. And we could really, re- and we, we've seen internally video screening shorten the entire end process. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we actually, when we're presenting candidates to clients through our video platform, they're actually seeing, uh, hey, you know what? I'll hire one and three. I want to actually meet number two and number four or five. Never mind. And we're, we're mm-hmm. seeing that cut out almost like a 5X process. Amazing how fast we're moving things around there. So we use it internally. By the way, I'll give you a great example, Mark. Um, yeah. I have a phenomenal business intern, right? Phenomenal intern. Uh, she's uh, amazing. We actually have a few. I posted up an ad on a public job board. I got 500 applicants within about 72 hours. So I personally went in there and screened, okay, I only want people in certain time zones. I want only business majors, et cetera. And then I invited them all to submit a a resume. It was about 100 people I invited to submit a video. Sorry, I I invited about 100 people to do a video, a video screen. About 50% of them did it, which by the way, again, is very self-filtering. Like if you're not going to go through a video process, I probably don't want to talk to you. Um, And what do you know? I went through, I shortlisted them, did did an interview, et cetera. Amazing, amazing process. And I think that video first recruiting is going to transform uh, the entire recruiting process. By the way, there's still a human element of it. In fact, it's more human. What tells a person better than a video introduction? Right. This that tells so much more of a person of who you are. And I think that that's whole thing. And we launched a program called Recruit Me all around, you know, getting videos out there. Video is the uh, video. First of all, the democratization of video. Right. Is amazing. Anyone can make a video. now, And all of a sudden now that gives everybody access to the ability to, to tell about who they are. And you're going to see, I think it's going to be amazing to watch how video transforms the recruiting industry. By the way, last tidbit for you. Mm-hmm. The resume was invented by Leonardo da Vinci. Was that's it? How, I didn't know that. That's how old the resume actually is. And I highly, highly doubt, other than the font going from Helvetica and Times Roman to something really funky and Avner and you know all these other ones, probably hasn't changed much. Right. Since Leonardo da Vinci invented it. Okay. Okay. This is getting interesting. So let me, let's dive into this video first concept because a lot of my clients use video as part of the recruiting process, but you're the first person I've heard 
talk about use having video as the first step in the process. Um, now, is this what you're doing now, or is this what you're predicting is going to be like the the future of of hiring? So, first, I th- I think w- when I talk about video first, what I mean is post up a job, mm-hmm. and instead of looking at pieces of paper, digital versions or not, I'm gonna yeah. look at selected video. video resumes or videos Mm -hmm. of potential candidates that align with the job post, right? So when I say video first, that's what I mean. Let me first look at and hear a person. And once I've shortlisted that, then we move that process. Mm -hmm. The answer is, you know, look, we do what our clients want. I don't, I think it's a little Mm -hmm. novel. I think it'll take time. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I really do. Look, if you posted an ad today, you were looking for an admin and you posted an ad today on Indeed or ZipRecruiter, you get a thousand applicants right now, a thousand, right? And let's assume you put some filtering in there. So the the thousand you actually got applied were all qualified, but the Mm -hmm. first 20 actually was, they they all had a video associated with them. You would, Mm -hmm. you would probably look at the videos first and say, Oh, you know what? These three look pretty good. Let me go talk to those three. And I, I absolutely think that video first will become a standard practice. And again, we have to get over some diversity headaches that people have with it, which I actually think video is better. Um, But I absolutely believe that over time, look, we said the same thing about electronic signature capture, right? Um, You know, like DocuSign and EchoSign. Oh, those are really nice, but no one's ever really going to take that stuff seriously. You know what? Mm. Absolutely now. You know, it's, it's moved, you know, completely in that direction. So, so let's, um, I guess the, the first two obstacles that come to my mind are number one, um, some people come across better on video, obviously than others do. You're an, an experienced speaker. You get interviewed on CNBC, uh, like I, people in sales or client facing roles or entrepreneurs tend to be more comfortable, right? Jumping on camera and doing something like we're doing today, but then there must be a, um, uh, I would I would imagine that's a minority of people though, right? Like the majority of people are going to be nervous. They maybe don't have their you know the right setup, or they're not confident. And depending on what the job is, maybe it doesn't require the level of articulacy or or proficiency at speaking, communicating verbally, and so on. You know, if I'm looking for a software developer and that's the skill that I'm hiring for, then do they need to come across well on a video? So that, I guess that's you're, one. You're, you're absolutely correct. So A, you're right, right? This is when I say, when I, the first tranche is going to be customer facing roles, right. right? Sales roles, marketing roles, uh, you know, all those other frontline roles. No, there's no question about that. And it, meaning like it's going to take time before, mm-hmm. look, it's going to take time before I could do a mortgage with, with DocuSign also, right? You know, those mm-hmm. things are going to take a long time before I could do that. You know, I, I was just asked the other day for a wet signature. Really? You know, just uh, absolutely crazy. Um, you ever, notary, uh, you have to have someone come to your house now to do a notary. Uh, there's actually online no- notary now. So, you know, there are things, there is an evolution there. So you're right. The notion that someone doesn't present well, uh, that's not really what they're being asked to do. But keep in mind, Mark, at the end of the recruiting continuum, there is a face-to-face interview. Yeah. Right? So that person- right, but who- what I'm saying is you you, you might uh, miss out on somebody who is too nervous to do the video, but they are qualified for the position. 
No, agree, agree. No, no, I, 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 I think that there's skills and we're shifting into a skills-based recruiting process, also a skills-based economy. I, I completely agree. You know, if I want a Java programmer who uh, speaks German, who knows stuff about the, uh, the automotive industry that works in Buffalo, New York, I don't really care, you know, what he or she looks like, right? As long as they can get the job done. And I completely agree right. with you. So I, I think there's, there's not, this is not, you know, long, long, I grew up in an either or world, right? I grew yeah, up in yeah. VHS or VHS or Betamax, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what I grew up in. We're, right. we're in a, we're in a, and both world. We're absolutely right. in an, and both world. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and there, look today, some of the headwinds are, well, I don't want to stall the, pro- I, I have, I need this Java programmer who speaks German in the automotive industry. And, and I don't want to stall that process by making him do a video or her do a video. I want to hire them immediately. So I, I completely agree with you. But by the way, Mark, uh, riddle me this one for a second. Someone who is nervous about an interview process, right? What's better, a controlled, managed uh, video screen where that I could help them go through that process and get their video done in a controlled fashion? Or, hey, you know what? Sheep to the wolves. You know, your paperwork's great. I want you to go now zoom in front of everybody. Right. That, and that's what we're doing. Right. We're, we're not, mm-hmm. you know, one of the interesting things that we really came up with right before the pandemic, right at the pandemic, because I, I always liked video. But, you know, the goal of recruiting was to the goal of the recruiter was to get the candidate in front of the hiring manager. Right. With lines like, oh, Mark, you got to meet them in person. The paper doesn't do them justice. You're going to love them. Or look, he's a little quiet, but he's so talented. Just take the meeting. Just take the meeting. Just take the meeting. Right? How many times have you heard that in their career? That's that's what it's all about. But how we're commuting today, this is recruiting now. Right? There is no face to face interview. Yeah, yeah. Interview now is on Zoom, baby. This is you know this this is interviewing. So what we're really doing is saying, rather than being in a nervous environment where how do I sit and how do I stand and where do I put my hands and all the other things that you're worried about when you're doing a Zoom interview, you could do this in a nice controlled fashion. And look, you know, even resumes today have someone professionally write it. So I, I think there's a, you know, you look at the people cranking out TikToks, you know, there's a TikTok <laughs> video that, uh, you know, we're going to TikTok right. video the resume, Right. I am not on TikTok. Are you, Evan? I, I joined uh, a friend of mine's uh, daughter's uh, doing very well on it, so I wanted to check it out. Great. But, uh, oh, that's cool. Good. I'm on. Her. I'm on most so, social media. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just teasing you. I'm on all social media apart from TikTok. Um, so, so, but I, but I really, Mark, mm-hmm. I completely understand the hesitation. I, I really, really do. Like, what if you're not? But again, that will define how the process works. In other words, imagine you had the best Java programmer who speaks German in the automotive industry who works in Buffalo. I don't even care if she has a resume. Yeah. I don't care. Right? Oh, do you have a resume? No. Great. Come on in. Take a test. You scored off the charts. I don't care. So, you know, you're there are always going to be these edge cases. But 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 Mark, the challenge mm-hmm. is think about you know, take out a calculator for a second. Right. Mm-hmm. And if there's 150 million people in the, in the country, uh, employed, 150 million people employed, and there's 27% manual churn, and that's going up. Yeah. It's not coming down. Right. Yeah. That's something like 40 something million people are actually going for new jobs every year. 
right? Mm-hmm. Times $4,000 uh, or more, four, $4,129, the average cost to hire. You're talking about, you know, billions of dollars, really. And I'm talking about like more than the actual recruiting industry, which is a $120 billion industry. You're talking about a crazy, crazy number, right? $200 billion is spent hiring people in terms of okay. time spent, appointment setting, resume reviewing, et cetera. 200 plus billion dollars is spent hiring people in the US. We don't have the time to do that. If we're going to get 10 million more people hired through this pandemic, and what a great opportunity. Let's not argue about, uh, let's not fight around raising the minimum wage. Let's fight about lowering the cost to hire from $4,000 to $3,000. Let's put $1,000 back to that business. Let's come up with technology. Let's change that because that's how that's going to happen. You know, there were 300, everyone's so excited. We added 300,000 new jobs this month. And by the way, I think it's amazing. I'm I'm so happy, you know, for the people that are finding jobs. Okay, this is an amazing, amazing thing. But we need, think about there's, you know, there's probably something like 9 million people out of work. And that's, that doesn't count the underemployed, that doesn't count mm-hmm. the people graduating college, the people that are out of work, the people that have now shifted into gigs because they are out of the full-time work. Let's call that number 10 million, right? Or at 300,000, we need many, many, many months, many mm-hmm. months, right? So that's like 32 months to get the, these people back hired again. We don't have that time. So how do, we got to change the process. I'll give you a good, another good example, Mark. You'll love this one. Ready? You know, in preparation for my uh, TV spot, um, I always look at uh, ZipRecruiter and I'll see how many open jobs they have. And I'm watching that trend, right? Because I think that's a very good leading indicator is how many jobs does ZipRecruiter have open um, right now. And right now the number is around 8 million open jobs. So it's pretty crazy, right? So when you think mm-hmm. about it, they have 8 million open jobs, actually up 7.5% from January, uh, from the last time I did it. So I, I did it February 4th and now March 4th. So I did it on February 4th and then March 4th, mm-hmm. and I got the numbers. So there are 8 million open jobs. Now that's crazy. There are 8 million open jobs on ZipRecruiter, yet we have 9 million people unemployed. But the answer is that we still hired 5 million plus people last month. Because there's just so many, you know, there's a process of getting someone hired, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's that's how I started the conversation. 42 days, yeah. 250 resume. We got to change that because if we don't actually make an impact to that, to those fundamental numbers, what it costs to get someone, what it costs to hire someone, the time it takes to hire someone, we are not going to make a significant impact to these job numbers. That's it. It's just really that simple. Since you're listening to this podcast, it tells me that you're someone who's interested in personal growth and business improvement. That's something we have in common. I really enjoy listening to podcasts, reading, and listening to business books, watching TED Talks. But by far the most important investment I've made in my own development has been working with a coach. It started back in 1999, 2000, when I was working as a recruiter. I hired a coach and he helped me to double my billings in 90 days. It was, it sounds corny, but it was really a life-changing experience. Since then, I've worked with various coaches almost continuously over the years, and it's made a massive difference to my own personal and business success. 
In fact, that first experience of working with a coach was the catalyst for me ultimately deciding that much as I loved recruitment, my true purpose was to become a coach and enable others to achieve their full potential. Fast forward to today, and I work with recruitment business owners to help them escape the feast and famine roller coaster and create consistent, predictable billings. If you'd like to know more, you can apply for a free strategy session at recruitmentcoach.com forward slash breakthrough. Talking about your hiring process, which was um, post a job, uh, collect resumes, telephone screen, you know, and then interview and hire or whatever it was. So a lot of my listeners are headhunters. So like your stat of 27% voluntary churn, voluntary, whatever the term you used was, uh, people looking for a job, basically 27% actively looking for a job. That means that there is 77% of people who are not right now looking for a job. Okay, and my so- client's job is to go out and find them and yeah. persuade them to say, to, you know, consider yeah. another opportunity. How does that factor in here? That's uh, great. So two things. One is I don't think this video first thing is going to happen in 21. I, I think it's going to, we're, we're, you know, our job is to help recruiters hire talent faster. So I think there's a whole side, and we could talk about that a little bit later, you know, in terms of what are we doing to help them, whether it's AI search technology, curated talent pools, you know, that's really what they want is, is the recruiter and the hiring manager, let's use the recruiter, right? They want a curated pool of ready to hire, fully screened and vetted candidates that they can now present to uh, their employer, their, their client for hire. So the challenge that they've been doing on their own is they've been creating their own curated talent vetted screen pool, right? <laughs> and I think that we there's technology that we have at recruiter.com uh, that could really expedite that overall process, um, starting with our first curated talent pool. And, and I hate plugging stuff, so I'm really trying to avoid plugging recruiter.com, um, but I, I appreciate it, is a uh, 250,000 plus curated talent pool of high potential candidates. So these are early career, fresh out of university, really, really high performing uh, candidates. They, uh, we bought a company called Scouted. Uh, that's really what they specialize in. They average 15 resumes per hire. So not 250, 15 with videos, et cetera. So all of a sudden now to your headhunting client base or you know your headhunting listeners, we can help them expedite that overall process. And that's what really we want to do. We want to help them expedite that process. Now, to your the 27%, 22 to 20% churn, 50% are actually out there looking. So the, the number of candidates that are open to jobs is, is the highest it's ever been. Which, by the way, what a re- great, you would think that if you told your grandfather, right, hey, there's a pandemic, there's been a lockdown for a year and I'm looking for, I have a great job, but I'm still looking for a job. He'd say, what are you, nuts? Just stay where you are, ride out the storm. You know, all <laughs> right, the things right, right. would say. Yet there are people looking. There are 50% of candidates are open to new jobs. And I mm-hmm. think what, what the pandemic has done has really shifted. Uh, first of all, this whole remote thing is unbelievable, right? And why I think it's crazy is, you know, the last time, Mark, that uh, you looked for a job, and let's assume you were at a big company, right? So let's let's run through for your audience what that looked like. So you, you come to work, and you tell your boss, 
look, I got to go. I got a funeral I got to go to this afternoon. It's really sad. My uncle's wife died. It's really sad. The family's really traumatized. I got to go to a funeral. I'm going to be out of pocket for the afternoon. I brought a suit to work. So this way, why are you wearing a suit? I'm changing. I got to go to this funeral. So I'm out the afternoon because I went to go to an interview. Then I'm getting calls from the headhunter and I keep telling my boss, look, I got, it's my mom. I, I got to go outside, right? And talk to my mom. My mom, my mom's calling me. I got to go talk to my mother. So there's this whole cloak and dagger and it's a whole process of getting hired and it, forget getting hired. The whole interview process is just one big funeral, cloak and dagger, hospital. <laughs> my kid, I got, I got to go to the school, like all this stuff. Let's look at today. Interviewing today means can you find 15 minutes during the day to jump on a, a Zoom or you know a, a Teams meeting, right? That's interview today. Way way easier. So much easier. Like like at yeah. a crazy crazy level easier, right? Hey, I'm going to be out of pocket. I got to teach my kid math from two to two thirty. Sorry about that. And I'm interviewing. Like it is so much easier. So I I actually think that you're going to see that sure number dramatically increase. By the way, let me get to the flip side for a second. And by the way, for our audience, you know, the recruiters, churn, we live on churn. Yeah, yeah, we like churn. The more more transactions going on, the better. I do think it's going to impact success fees, but that'll catch up eventually. But now let's look at a company. If you've ever been in a company that was laying people off, what's the conversation? Look, uh, everyone loves Sarah. You know, Sarah, uh, you know, she's fantastic. She makes the best coffee. You know, we can't uh, get rid of her. She's so happy. Fred, uh, Fred, I have, I, I go to drinks with Fred once a week. Uh, this is going to be so depressing. If we're all remote, what's, you know, now you're looking at a Zoom screen that has 20 people less. It's far less emotionally impactful to uh, mm. move people that way. So you take remote work, the growth of the gig economy, the growth of uh, people looking for skills-based, uh, gee, I want to have a skill. You got millennials who are churning even faster and you're, you're going to see a much, the, the, rapid, the rapid churn rate in corporate America is going to go much, much higher, both voluntary and involuntary. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that, that makes sense when you put it like that. Um, something I wanted to ask you, Evan, is so I, I don't, I haven't, taken a close look at recruiter.com. I've seen in the past, I've looked at sort of um, online marketplaces for recruiters. And honestly, I didn't like it for a couple of reasons. One was um, typically client is looking for a reduced fee. And so it's, um, it, and, and so the recruiter is compromising by saying, well, look, I didn't have to go out and cold call or, you know, you know, do a lot of uh, hard effort to find that job. So I'm willing to take a, a a lower fee, and that seems to be the that seems to be the trade off. But the so that was one concern was was the potential that the 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 placement fee value. But the other concern I had was whether it um, encouraged clients to not have to talk to the recruiter. Like they just let me put the information out there on the portal and. You can see the job you know, description and then you send the resumes and then I tell you if I like them or not, which ones we want to interview. And to me, the uh, the real impact of a recruiter, you mentioned the human element, which we need to keep, is that this is the person who really understands 
the client really well, understands their culture, their values, really the personalities involved and, you know, what's most important to them uh, over and above the job description, right? And then they also really understand the candidate's motivations, why they're looking to leave their current situation, what is going to, you know, convince them to take their next opportunity. And they've entrusted you with a lot of, you know, knowledge. And that is the power of the recruiter as the intermediary is that you're able to broker a deal that is a win-win for for both parties, which requires conversation and relationship to occur. And I feel sometimes platforms have a um, a, a dehumanizing a, a, effect. Exactly. I was looking. I was going to say dehumanizing, but that's not quite what I mean. But a um, yeah, the effect of putting a barrier in the communication, I guess, is what I'm uh, where I'm going with that. What What are your thoughts? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, look, I, I, we are really an on-demand platform for recruiters. So what we are, what we're really doing now is we bring opportunities to recruiters on demand. Uh, the recruiters are paid by either the hour, by the project, or by success. Uh, mm-hmm. But our fastest growing area is really on-demand recruiters. Uh, we really believe that if you go back to our our mandate, you know, recruit talent faster and better. So what's the slowest way to recruit talent? Let's use, let's go backwards. The slowest way to recruit talent would be to find the wrong recruiter who has no subject matter expertise, give them no candidate pool to work with, no curated talent pool. They don't have a list. They don't even know anyone in that industry and pay them on success, right? Because you're never going to get anywhere. So the opposite- Agreed. Yeah, that would be the doing. wrong approach. But that's the wrong way. So the right yeah. way is to find the right recruiter subject matter expertise, understands the space, understands the clientele, give them, or they have, a a curated talent pool, engaged talent pool, et cetera, and then compensate them either on a project basis or or by time. And I think fundamentally, I think, Mark, the transition that we're going to see in the recruiting industry, and again, I'm I'm not, I'm I'm exaggerating to prove a point. Like, in other words, I don't think it's an either or. I do think it's an and both. I think the shift that we're going to start to see is recruiters being treated not like a real estate broker, right? Mm -hmm. And and your example was, I'll just put a listing up and whoever gets me the best price, I'm out, right? Recruiters are not a real estate broker. They're an attorney. They should be treated Mm -hmm. like a doctor. They should be treated like a specialist. That That's really how we want to treat. Now, this is in sourcing and maybe the areas of recruiting that are more commoditized. Sourcing, mm, yeah, getting yeah. a list, et cetera. But the, the yeah. end, that end result of a recruiter, the human element of recruiting is a professional, is a serious, serious professional, uh, like a lawyer. And I want the right lawyer. I, I'm not going to hire uh, an employment attorney if I'm having a corporate litigation. I'm going to hire an IP attorney if I have IP related activities. My in-house mm-hmm. counsel might be a journalist, but if I need something specific, I'm going to go get that specialist. And I don't say, well, look, specialist, do your job. And if I like how you did it, then I'll pay you. No, right, my time right. is worth far more to do that. And I think that that's going to be, you know, your, the, your, the audience of top line headhunting recruiters. Look at their experience. Look how great they are. Look how amazing they are in term, in their ability to help get people jobs, to match the company to the right employee. Why should they be paid? If things work, I'll pay you. Well, who does that? Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. That's, yeah, no one. 
by the way, if I like how the surgery came out, then I'll pay the doctor. Otherwise, <laughs> right, no. exactly. Otherwise, uh, my yeah. arm still hurts. I'm not, my arm still hurts. I'm not paying you for the surgery you did. That's right, crazy. Right, right. So I, I think that our, and if you look at the recruiting industry, the RPO industry, the contract recruiting industry, um, that's the fastest growing area in the recruiting industry. That's really what we're disrupting. What we're disrupting is we're taking these small and independent recruiters and we're giving them opportunities. Sometimes they're 40 hour a week. Sometimes they're 10 hour a week. We're doing a program now with military spouses getting trained to be recruiters just to talk to candidates. Like this is amazing to watch this actually wow. happen. Um, that's our fastest growing area. And uh, um, so we do traditional recruiting, but our on-demand platform, empowering those recruiters with, with curated talent pools to really make this process go faster. You know, where else are you going to go to get a recruiter? So what I want is when you want to get a recruiter, you go to recruiter.com. That's where you want, you want a recruiter. You want them full-time, part-time for the next, the next three months, the next two months, the, uh, the next week. That's what we're going to be, you know, that's what the recruiter.com is going to become. And we're, we're doing it today and we're going to continue along that journey. Awesome. Could you define on-demand recruiting for me? Like, what do you mean when you, when you talk about that? Sure. Um, I don't, you familiar with Upwork at all? Like yep. Fiverr, I, Upwork? I use it. Yeah, yeah. You use, use it all the time. time. Right? So yeah. Upwork, what did Upwork do? Upwork aggregated, by the way, who did Upwork disrupt? They didn't disrupt the little guy. They disrupted the big agencies, the Carrots, sure. the WPBs, the Ogilvies. That's who they disrupted. Because it used to be that when Ford Motor Company wanted to do a, you know, do a banner ad, they would go to Ogilvy and Ogilvy would, you know, uh, three, three markups later would hire a contractor to, to make the banner ad that was in the automotive industry, you know, whatever it was. Um, and right. Upwork said, you know what? Let's aggregate together all of these creative folks under a common platform and deliver them to these customers. Um, ranging from, you know, all these content. And by the way, and if you want to curate the talent, they'll curate, et cetera. That's what we're doing for recruiting. So our clients are coming to us and saying, uh, what we just finished a project. Oh, uh, they were doing TSA like protective services for private airlines. Oh, I need a recruiter to help us recruit in this city for the next six weeks. Great. Here's a specialist. Go. Uh, we're doing large projects, small projects, everything. And we're placing recruiters, you know, on these projects as either, you know, 40 hour a week gigs, all 1099, either 40 hour a week, 20, 10 hour, 20 hour, et cetera, multi month projects, um, et cetera. That's on demand. Uh, that really is the gig economy. And I think that there's a huge opportunity for your audience of recruiters to say, Hey, look, I know I'm doing a lot of big success projects. Right, I'm still doing my success free projects, but it's December. I got Christmas coming up. I want to, you know, spend the next, you know, uh, 20 hours a, a week for the next three weeks, earning X dollars an hour, you know, on these mm -hmm. projects. And that's what we're that's what we're doing today. Got it. Got it. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, listen. From from your view of the market, you you have a, obviously uh, a really good command of what's happening in the labor market, as well as in the recruiting industry. Um, what other trends, or you know, um, well, let's look at the trends, but let's also look at the challenges that you see coming up that we need to figure out um, in order to get better. Yeah, so I think the other trend that we're going to see is the value of data is going to change significantly. You know, so 
uh, it used to be that, oh, get me the name of a Java programmer. You know, get me a name of all the Java programmers. And that was a big deal, right? Just give me the names. Just give me the names. Give me the names. That's commoditized now, right? LinkedIn's, yes. done, LinkedIn's done a great job aggregating these people all together. And there are other places to go. And, you know, you have access to all this data. So that's great. I'm glad you have that. And you're going to see this now. Again, I'll use the word continuum. Of Here's a list of people. Here are people who are interested in your job. Here are people who are interested in your job who meet the qualifications. Here are people who are interested in your job, meet the qualifications, and we've screened them. Here are the people that meet the job, have the qualifications, filter them, screen them, and have a video. Uh, And I would say ready to hire. So you're going to see the value of this data really increase significantly. You know, uh, I get an email a day of, oh, I have a list. Oh, everyone's got a list. Oh, I got a list. Oh, that's great. (laughs) You know, I'm so glad you have a list. You know, because when you said you have a list, you meant that you 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 basically scraped LinkedIn and you pulled the list of people together. That's great. You know, wonderful. Really glad you have a list. Uh, and I think that's really gonna that's really gonna change. And I think that subscription based services, you know, SaaS models around cure, and we have one uh, curated talent pools. And, you know, how, how curated, how rated to hire, how screened and videoed, you know, et cetera. And again, mm. these are not for the needle in a haystack. These are more for like a stack of needles, right? Um, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's really not for that one, gee, there's only one of those people on the planet and that's the one person I want to find. Um, yeah. It's really for, hey, look, you know, I have a constant need for Java programmers in the automotive industry that speak German. I have a constant mm-hmm. need for them. And the reason I have a constant need is, A, I'm growing my business, so I, I need more. B, I know that 27% of them are going to be leaving me anyway. And if they're good, it's going to be more like 30%. So I have a constant need. So what I really want to do is actually work with a head up, work with a vendor who says, hey, look, you know what? Just I need a curated pool of Java programmers in the automotive industry that speak German. Just you keep sending me that list of people. And by the way, it's not just Java programmers. Everyone always talks about tech. I need loan officers and mortgage brokers. I need call center operators. I need drivers. I need carpenters. Uh, I need business analysts. I need project managers. It really goes across all industries, this constant need for people. And I think the other trend that you're going to see is, you know, when you hired someone, that created a pool, right? You're a headhunter. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to your audience, when you did a project, Sorry, I just hit my microphone. Sorry about that. When, when, you, when you do a project and you were looking for a um, company we're involved with was looking for a cannabis analyst, right? And they're finding, they're looking around to get that one cannabis analyst. I said, but, you know, Eric, you, you just built a pool of cannabis analysts. Your client only hired one of them. What you should be doing mm. is saying, hey, look, I got this pool now. I have a curated, right? Go back. I got a curated yes filtered, screened, maybe videoed, uh, ready to hire pool of candidate of cannabis analysts. And what you should be doing mm-hmm. is saying, hey, anyone hiring in the analyst space, we have a pool of cannabis analysts who's interested in them. And I think mm-hmm. that that model is really going to start to flip around uh, very, That's nicely, interesting. very nicely in the industry. Is is that something that you are able to facilitate at recruiter.com or is that just something you yeah. think is co- like that's on the horizon? Oh, no, we're, doing, we're doing it. We're, we're doing it. And um, um, we just signed our first customer in that. Actually, I think we have a few. We launched it in, uh, we launched it 
uh, in we, we launched it a couple of weeks ago and we actually already have customers for it, subscription-based models for curated talent pools. And we could do oh, them be, cool. we could do them bespoke, uh, et cetera. So it's it's really about saying to your audience of headhunters, and let's let's talk mm-hmm. to the headhunters, your role should be you're phenomenal at managing the client. You are amazing mm-hmm. at managing the client. You've worked with them, you know exactly what they want, et cetera. And you're great at the end. You're great at the end. You're, you're great between pairing up the candidate with the client. You're fantastic at that. Why are you spending time at the beginning of that process? Yes. Mm, Why are you spending yeah. time trying to build a, a, a list of, can, of, of cannabis analysts, curated, filtered, screened, ready to hire? Why are you doing that? You should be doing what you do best, right? What the headhunter does best is works the client and gets the jobs from the client. That's what they do best. And you know, we we're open to talking to any one of those guys, uh, any one of those folks, because they're the they're the heart of the recruiting industry. That end result, that's the that's their unique skill set. You know, your the unique skill set of the headhunter is is really identifying what the customer wants and whether the candidate matches that or not. Well, what do you do? How do you build your list? Well, I have people, and I have people, and I have people. Right? There's always an answer. I got people, a sourcing, and but they're building a candidate pool. And by the way, sorry to you know, I know I see you're about to jump in. You know, when you talk to a headhunter that's really awesome at their space, they have their curated talent pool screened and filtered in their head. They they have that. Oh, you need this needle and haystack. Oh, I know those needles. Steve's about to come off that job and Francine is about to quit. And, you know, it's like a baseball team trading players. Like they know all yep. the players in that space. They've created an internal curated screen vetted uh, talent pool. And that's what we're doing at a programmatic from a, a programmatic perspective. Wow, that's super interesting. I'm uh, really glad we had this conversation today, Evan. Listen, one more thing I wanted to ask you is: I know you're really involved in fundraising for cancer research, and uh, you've got the 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 Sone Conference Foundation. Could you just speak briefly about what you're doing there? Sure. So the uh, the foundation is actually uh, in memory of my brother. Uh, I had a brother who died of cancer in 1993, so a long time ago. Um, he was a Wall Street trader, um, and uh, his name was Ira Sohn. And uh, when, uh, after he died, uh, he had a five-year bout with, uh, with cancer. Uh, his manager and friends and colleagues... Um, uh, really had this great idea to you know do raise money on uh, in his memory um and the idea was a hedge fund conference so it's a conference uh of hedge fund luminaries who give donate their time and actually we invented the 15 minute you know ted talk we did that 26 years ago so there's a shot clock they each speaker speaks for 15 minutes gives their best idea their best stock idea uh the audience pays to uh, attend the conference uh the speakers donate their time they often donate money also and then uh the proceeds all go to uh charity in this case all the proceeds go to uh pediatric cancer and related Wow. Uh, children's diseases. Uh, so we started in New York uh, 26 years ago, uh, 25 years ago, something like that. We just had our 25th anniversary, so uh, 26 years ago. And now we're in 11 cities, uh, 10 countries, five continents. Uh, we've raised over $90 million for pediatric oncology. Um, so it's been uh, very, very rewarding. Um, Amazing. Yeah, pr- really, uh, really, uh, really incredible. It's really, it's it's the most fun I have. Uh, is that really, really is the most fun, um, you know, making real serious impact, 
uh, into the lives of children and their families, you know, suffering from cancer. Um, but we're in Australia, Israel, Hong Kong, uh, really around the world. Um, someone asked me, is that your job? You know, you get paid. I go, pay. I, I donate money to the foundation every year. You know? <laughs> so it's a, it's a job. We have an incredible team of people, uh, really uh, amazing, uh, amazing board. Uh, each country has its own, uh, its own uh, dynamic, their own committee, their own chairs. Uh, the money really stays local. So we actually do projects on a global basis. And it's just amazing for me that my brother's name is really being uh, carried on in such an incredible fashion. And, and people talk, it's, it actually, if you ever, you know, go to YouTube and you watch videos from it, they, they talk about it as a noun. Like you got guys like Larry Robbins and David. Oh, I've been coming to Iris Stone for years. Like my brother's name is really like a noun. Like, oh, I've been going right. to Iris Stone. Wow, I'm doing cool. I want to thank Iris Stone. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really amazing to watch what it's become. Wow. I love that. That's a, that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant thing that you're involved in. Um, so Evan, this time has gone fast. We, you're a fun guy to talk to. So thanks uh, for, thanks. uh, thanks for being here today and have a, have an awesome day. Speak to hey, you Mark, again. Uh, again, thank you so much uh, for your time uh, and this opportunity. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the resilient recruiter. If you've enjoyed the show, the best way you can show your support is to click that subscribe button. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.